Have you ever been driving down the highway, fixing to pass, somebody pull in front of you slower, you have to slow down and drive behind them. You say a few things, my family's laughing. You say a few things, you might give them a gesture or show your displeasure when you pass them. And then you got about four miles down the road and said, man, what was I thinking? I had to slow down a half a mile an hour for about 10 seconds, and it made me mad. I didn't get what, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Have you, has anybody, a spouse, employee, friend, ever come to you with a, a question, simple question, and you bite their heads off? <laughs> you should know that. Why are you coming to me? When all you had to do was answer the question. Later on again, I've done all these. What was I thinking? Why did I do that? Why not I just answer the question? And your, your reaction caused more problems than answering a question would have. Finally, have we ever been going through our life, temptations all around us all the time, and we fall to that temptation? We fall. We fall and we give in. And at the end, after a while after that, we thought it was going to be fun or it was going to serve our need, and we thought, what was I thinking? So this morning, we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at our thoughts. We read in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down imaginations on every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul says here we need our thoughts, that our thoughts need to be focused on being obedient to Christ. The examples that I gave in the introduction, and each time when I said what was I thinking, was I thinking about what Jesus would do or what Jesus would want me to do or how he would react to that situation. I wasn't. I was thinking with my own feelings, selfish thoughts. Our thoughts guide our actions and we need to keep them, keep obedience on our mind and in our thoughts at all times. Christians need to think with a clear, sound mind, and in the, the caption above on the next slide, a sober mind about themselves, others, and salvation. We need to think positive, positively about opportunity, thoughts, and relationships, and we need to think with knowledge of ourselves and of God. There are many other ways to break this down, but these are the three we're going to look at today. We need to think sober of ourselves. We're reading 1 Corinthians 8 and 2. And if any man thinketh that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet, as he ought to know. We need to always be humble and not believe that we know more than we do or think we know more than someone else or we're better than someone else. We need to instead continually seek the knowledge and ways, knowledge from God and ways of improving our lives and service to him. We also read in Galatians 6 and 3, for if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Again, we deceive ourselves with our thoughts of being great. I'm going to ask this. How do you feel when you're around somebody that feels like they know everything? They have an answer for everything. And everything they did is better than what you did. Everything they know is more than what you know. How does that make you feel? Does it make you want to be around that person? Does it make you want to ask that person the a question, does it make you want to follow that person and let them guide you? Or do you just feel like they're better than you? You know, we're, 
told in Matthew 28, we're to go and teach the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things God has commanded. That's what we're told to do. And if we have that attitude or we come across as we know more than someone, we're better than someone, are they going to listen to us and follow us? We need to always be humble and, and, and try to learn and serve others because in, in the end, we're all sinners and we need Christ's blood for forgiveness of our sins. We need to think soberly about others. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but, not, but every man also on, th on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We do not need to have selfish attitudes, but an attitude of service. We're to strive to treat others as Jesus would treat others. And listen to them and respect their ideals. Some of these examples are about me, and I hate to admit it, but we, had a, we played a football game. It was a bi-district game, and we left. We uh, was playing Miami <laughs> at LaForce. I had my shorts on, tennis shoes. I took a coat because it's cold. It's, it's, it's November. Uh, we get between Leela and McLean, and it starts snowing. <laughs> By the time we get to the game, it's six inches deep. And I'm sitting there. I got a coat and shorts and tennis shoes, but that's fine. That's not the story. But we go on in the game, and we'd beat them. And you know going to games, or you, you have an idea whether you're going to beat, think you can beat somebody or not. We weren't going in the idea that we was playing a Canadian or somebody like that. We are going in with, we, we could win. But the snow was deep. I wanted my defense firing out and hitting people, and they, they weren't doing it. And at halftime, we're talking, I'm getting on them. Won't you do? Well, can we stand up? No, you can't stand up. If the NFL let Sir Lyman stand up, I'll let you stand, stand up. Now they do. But uh, they were slipping and falling. I just kept chewing them. I wasn't listening. I wasn't communicating. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about their feelings, their ideals. I was telling them what I wanted them to do. In hindsight, if I'd have listened to the kids, we might have won the game. But I wasn't listening. Let nothing be done and strive for vainglory. <laughs> Let nothing be done and strive for vainglory. When we have others, we need to think soberly about their ideals and our relationship and guard that and, and help them and, and help us. We don't just need to hear, we need to listen. And there I didn't listen. And there was a lot of frustration on both sides <laughs> when we didn't listen. We need to think soberly about our salvation. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Overconfidence is dangerous to us as Christians. When we're overconfident, we don't realize and sometimes forget the dangers and let our guard down. Overconfidence can also lead to being complacent. And I don't, I don't feel like in organizations or individuals, I don't think you ever flat and can be complacent and just not lose or gain. So if we're just trying to strive for complacency, we're, we're not getting closer to God because we're either going to grow closer to God with our efforts or we're going to get farther from Him. And we need to continue to grow as long as we live. Matthew 24, 43 and 44, But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. We see here we need to be prepared at all times. 
We do not need to know that we do not know the hour that we're going to be called and we need to be ready and prepared and be in good standing in our relationship with God. So we need to have a clear mind when it comes to our salvation. Always. We need to think positively about opportunities that come up in our life. And we read in Acts 22 and 6, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all things whereof I am accused of the Jews. Paul considered it an honor to, to vend himself against King Agrippa because he was well-versed in Jewish law and customs, and he was the one that would decide if his preaching was contrary to the law of Moses and the prophets or a fulfillment of them. How would you feel if you was going up in this situation? <laughs> Somebody that had great knowledge of everything and, and, and they were going to judge your teaching to see if it fit. Would we see it as an impossible task? Would we look at this as an opportunity to tell the story of Jesus and tell the story of your, like Paul did of his conversion? And we remember that our out attitude and how we think affects the outcomes that happen. The illustration I want to use here, there's a, there's a salesman that broke down on the side of the road, had a flat tire, got in his trunk, didn't have a lug wrench, couldn't fix it. He saw a farmer's house, it was night, it was late, and he said, well, I'll go see if they have a lug wrench so he can help me out and fix it. But then he said, well, it's late at night, he's probably asleep. Well, if he's asleep and I wake him up, he's going to be mad and just tell me to go on about my business. And the guy become mad. <laughs> Hadn't even talked to anybody. This is his mind. Hadn't even talked to him. He's angry. But he goes and knocks on the door and the uh, light comes on and the farmer, who are you and what do you need? He said, I'm a salesman. I've got a broke down car. I've got a flat and don't have a lug wrench. But I know you're not going to give me one, so I'll see you later. And left. I use this illustration, think positive, positively about opportunities we have. He had an opportunity to get help. But in his mind, he already said he's judged. He, they're not going to give it to me. He's going to be mad at me. So he had a negative thought when he went up there. You know, the opportunity to receive help and to give help both ways. It, it happens both ways. And we need to look for those opportunities, just like Paul considered it a great opportunity to tell his story and uh, defend his teaching to King Agrippa because they were going to hear about his conversion. They were going to hear the story, his teaching. They were going to hear, and people were going to hear. We need, also, we need to take that opportunity, but we also need to take the opportunity to get help when we need it. So think positively about our opportunities. We also read, if, the, if, if I, I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast, denied my, and hast not denied my name. We have an opportunity as Christians to make a difference with those around us. We need to spread the gospel and let our faith show we're the only one that can take that opportunity away. We're the only one that can take that opportunity away for us to be able to tell, it, tell God's story. We need to think positive and look upon the challenge in a positive way. And look at this as an opportunity to do good. We need to think positive in relationships. That there should be no schism in the body, but that all members should have the same care for one another. Every part of our human body is important. Our brain tells our body, our brain can tell our eyes how to read the lights and rods and cones and, 
and got our muscles or got our hand to pick something up. You take one of those parts away, it gets more difficult. Just like that, we need to all work together, just like our body does in the service of God. We have to be uplifting and have a positive attitude with each other. We read in James, and we confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The affectionate, affectional, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Our Christian relationships are important to each of us. We need to support each other through times of weakness. We need to be able to confess, seek prayer and guidance, and not feel judged. We need to have a positive relationship with one another so we can all reach a, the eternal goal. We need to also seek knowledge to guide our thoughts. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Without wisdom, we're not able to discern good from evil. We have to arm ourselves with the word of God. You know, the title of the lesson is, What Was I Thinking? But when I was young, what did I hear? And my kids hear, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? But as we grow in wisdom, even as Christians, young Christians, we might hear from older Christians or people that have, been, have more knowledge, what were you thinking? But as time goes, we need to turn that into what was I thinking through knowledge and wisdom that we gain uh, from God's word. There was a proud young man, I'm going to say proud, seeking knowledge of, from Socrates. He went up to him and said, I want you to, Socrates, oh great one, I want you to give me knowledge. And the Socrates understood that he was a proud young man because he'd probably been there at one time. He said, okay, he said, follow me. They walked through the towns to the sea, walked through the town to the sea, walked in chest deep water, and Socrates asked the young man, what do you want from me? Knowledge, oh great one. So he put his hands on his shoulders and held his head underwater for 30 seconds. And then he let him up. He said, what do you want from me? Wisdom, O oh wise one. So he pushed him back under and held his head under for 40 seconds this time. What do you want from me? He came back up with a little gasp this time, gasping a little, and said, I want knowledge. So he grabbed his head and held him under for 10 seconds longer this time. And this time, the man coming up, he said, what do you want from me? He's gasping for air. Just, ah, ah, I want air. Give me air. And he said, when you seek knowledge the way you're seeking air right now, you'll be a knowledgeable person. See, he wanted to, him to tell him and to give him knowledge. We have to go seek knowledge. We have to seek God's word. We have to go study it. We have to learn it. Uh, you can't just have somebody tell you and give you knowledge all the time. So we need to be of that thought. We need to let knowledge guide our thoughts, and we need to seek knowledge throughout our lives. We need to seek knowledge from above to guide our thoughts. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle and easy, and entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without penalty and without hip hypocrisy. The wisdom we need to seek is from above, pure wisdom. When our minds are on things that are pure, it's hard for us to give in to temptation. I saw this study, I believe it was in Pew Research, that individuals that study the Bible four or more times a week are 250% more likely to share the gospel with someone. Because where are their minds if they're studying the Bible? If they're studying the Word, they're trying to gain that knowledge. Their minds are on pure thoughts, things of up above, not things of the world. In the things of the world, they're trying to change so they can 
think on things above. 250% more likely, and I believe the exact number is 288, but I couldn't find it again for sure. But 250% more likely. Study and keep your thoughts pure. Our Christian thoughts should be, we read in Philippians, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue and be any praise, think on these things. Our thoughts control attitudes and actions. Actions and attitudes build our character and who we are. We want our thoughts that we want thoughts that are just, pure, and of good rapport. I'm going to close with this. I found it at the Gospel Herald that I thought kind of tied things up. We do not advance upward unless we yearn upward. It has been said our thoughts shape our lives. We grow little or big by the ideals we cherish and our thoughts upon which we dwell. Avoid worry, anger, fear, hate, and all abnormal and depressing mental states, said the eminent, health on, eminent authority on health. The victory over harmful thoughts cannot be achieved by suppressing these feelings, but by supplanting them with right thinking, which is, the becoming, which is becoming to the followers of Jesus Christ, and which is the outgrowth of a close walk with the Lord. Our thoughts are very strong and can lead us away from God. And our thoughts can also lead us to them. You never want to get to the point where you don't ask, what was I thinking? Because if we get to that point, the, the good thing is with the question, what was I thinking? You know there's a problem with it. If we ever get to the point where what was I thinking doesn't come to our mind, then there's, and what's the difference? It doesn't matter. There's no hope. That's when we're lost. You know, we have, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we're all going to have times when we say, what was I thinking? But when we get to that time, we need to repent of what we did, confess, ask, ask for prayers, get with a brother or sister in Christ to help get that sin or, or that problem fixed in our lives. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.